0: Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters weekend, day
1: two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It's me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. How we doing? Good, buddy.
0: What's up? What's up? Back at it. Um, If I'm absent next week, it's because I'm in prison. Because someone put cones across the street from my house, uh, where I usually park when I need Gina to be able to park in the back of the driveway, because I have to leave early in the morning um so if i find out who who did that and it wasn't the township we're going to have some problems
1: Dude, how 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 did we just immediately start the podcast with possible prison sense
0: okay well how, listen how is the this happening the street
1: is public property like
0: there's a park over there so like and they're about to like build houses and stuff there so like no one owns it so like if the if it's not the township that put these cones out we're going to have some serious problems because like, why are you blocking this area off? I use this all the time. Somebody's losing kneecaps. Like, like, like the kneecaps are, are leaving. Like, we got a, we got a one car width driveway, and Gina and I are in and out at different times. So I got to be able to park across the street for like an hour or whatever, so that she can back in, and then I can pull out in the morning. And we don't have to switch the cars. Uh, <laughs> but today I got home, and there's just cones there for some reason. Is right. it
1: like cause I know there's like multiple spots in that section? Are they are they all coned off? It's just straight across. Oh, that's just really You know that car that's like permanently that. parked there?
0: Yeah. That car that's like permanently parked there. Like probably like 50 yards down the road, there's just cones. What? I'm like, I don't know, not even not even 50, maybe like 25. Like just enough that like it might be someone that lives there.
1: Did the did the cones have any sort of like township markings on them, or? Not that I noticed. Oh my! You come, you come to my house across mm. my street. If if no one does
0: any street work on this area in the next two days, I'm just moving them and I'm yeah. parking
1: there. You put traffic cones in my parking spot. I'm just I'm just parking there, even if I don't need to. I'm just gonna park across the street. I am no gonna don't don't make me get Tony to take your kneecaps. <laughs> Okay. I don't, no... I don't need Tony. I'll take you. <laughs> I think he gives out myself. <laughs> Rick, if you're going to be a mob boss, you have to have guys to do this for you. Okay. But obviously, they all have the fear start that somewhere. you could do it. That's true. Somewhere. You got to build your reputation. Yeah. You got to get a mob boss somehow. first.
0: Yeah. I think a mob boss just never took somebody's kneecaps out.
1: Look, if I heard that there was a guy on a street in 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 Croydon, Pennsylvania who was, who was moving traffic cones when clearly the traffic cones are not meant to be moved, I, I'd be scared. I'm speaking startled. Of, speaking of mob bosses, I'm doing a job in like Langhorn area right now
0: where there's a quarry over there. Oh, no. Um, we, were, we were up on this on this roof today. Rick, it's just traffic codes, buddy. We don't... We don't <laughs> it'll be okay. Listen, listen, listen. Now where I'm going with it. But, uh, no. Anyway, so there's this quarry over there, and we were standing on the roof today, and all of a sudden this helicopter flies over and we were like "Huh, oh, that helicopter is landing in the quarry that's interesting and this late the lady that like owns the we're at work and i like a vet or whatever like a um, small family-owned vet and she was like down there and we were like all looking at this helicopter and she yelled up to us she was like she was like oh yeah that's just the owner of the quarry he lives in connecticut but he commutes here every day in his helicopter what how, how much long? money do you have to have you can commute from Connecticut to Langhorne, Pennsylvania
1: in a helicopter. And that's your commute? Every day. Does he have a pilot or does he fly the thing himself? I don't know. Now, either he, way, helicopter's not cheap. That's true. Not two, cheap. two things here, though. He's mega rich if he has a pilot every day. Oh, yeah. Uh, if he's just a rich guy who happens to be, a, you know, uh, an. Aviator enthusiast, then you know he's 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 obviously still rich. He's still but way he's, too rich. He's a little less rich. You got a
0: Helicopter.
1: What's gas? Like, what are gas prices for helicopters right now? Like, they I didn't, I never gas. thought I'd have to think about this, but here we are. Do they use normal gas? Probably not. Right? It's, it would have to be jet fuel, wouldn't it? It might be. I don't know. Prices for a helicopter. Am I spelling this wrong?
0: No. Here we go. I mean, I got to imagine the helicopter itself is in in the millions.
1: Oh! What? My God. What? So, like, one of the smallest types of helicopters. I don't know what the size of this helicopter was. Uh um, But on average... You're like, and they they have this broken down into like flight times, so per hour. Mm-hmm. um the smallest type of helicopter will burn eight gallons per hour of fuel, which broken down monetarily is about seventy five dollars per hour. And that's the smallest kind of helicopter. Now, I don't know what the flight from Connecticut to here is is. I'm assuming it's got to be an hour though, yeah, I don't know. It's got to at least be an hour because a flight to Boston from Philadelphia is, I think, two hours. And is Boston? No, Connecticut's closer. So you're looking at an hour and a half. Uh,
0: A total flight Mm -hmm. duration from Hartford, Connecticut to Philadelphia is about 47 minutes.
1: Okay, so you're looking at almost an hour, but that's for like a really tiny plane, right? So if we're looking at like a more medium-sized plane, right, um, you're looking at a price point of $210
0: a day or just an hour.
1: Days? Oh. So think about like commute to, commute back. That's so two like hours dollars,
0: Like $400
1: a day just in fuel. Like I like I is the math breakdown. Is it, it more expensive to drive a car? I like I don't think it is. I don't know. Even if you have to like say you got to fuel your car up once a day every day for that kind of commute, yeah, right? Yeah. That's still like at most. If you like you're, you're driving like an F one fifty, at most it's seventy five dollars a day. That still comes in under.
0: You're definitely spending more than $75 to fill up an F-150 these days.
1: Well, now The newer F-150s that aren't diesel... Like, I'm taking... Oh, sorry. Did not mean to snap the microphone there. I'm taking diesel totally out of the equation, right? Uh-huh. I'm just, like, regular gas. And F-150 tanks are probably, like, I don't know, 17, 20 gallons.
0: Well, I'm just saying, because we have
1: uh, 1,500,
0: DRAM 1,500s at work, which are, like, just as good, I'm pretty sure, on gas. And... We, I filled it up today, and I think it was
1: 140. Ooh, is it diesel or regular? It's so we use super, so it's a little bit more expensive. Okay, so that's gonna that's gonna uh, make okay. the price up. But also, I believe Ram 1500s are just larger trucks than F-150s, though. I think they're generally supposed to be around the same size. Are they? I thought the 50, I thought the Rams are always just kind of like a bigger truck. I digress. How we got on this topic? Who knows. All I know is there is no feasible way a man should be commuting to work via helicopter every day. And one
0: of my neighbors who I've never met might be losing their kneecap soon. That's pretty much all you need to take away from that long rant.
1: So if you you want to know what's going on in Rick's life, he's trying to figure out what's going on. In the aviation industry, and also uh, investing in baseball bats. At this, I'm about,
0: to, I'm about to start a neighborhood watch. I don't know if we have one, but I'm about to start
1: one. Oh, are you gonna be one of those guys? you can gonna start the neighborhood watch. You're gonna get matching jackets too. It's just gonna
0: be like the movie The Watch. It's all it's gonna be. We're just gonna it's
1: such a good movie. Too. <laughs> such a good movie.
0: We're gonna Rick, find aliens.
1: Rick heading the neighborhood watch is maybe <laughs> maybe one of the best um, character arcs. That is possible. Because who would have seen it coming? Not, no, I, mean, I would not have seen it coming. No, I would have But I could just imagine you with binoculars outside your window, and Gina's like, please, come eat dinner. And you're like, no, the cones have moved. I have to know who put these cones here. <laughs> I get it from my mom. That's the thing. My mom's, my mom's always been like that, just – Keeping an eye on the neighborhood, no one was she is them. like that. But the funniest bit is across from your parents' house is cows. Like, what I know, what is be like, changing?
0: I came home one day and she was like, Two cows are missing today. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like
1: That's... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of sentence that makes you start like looking outside your window at the cows and being like, right. How is she keeping track of them? <laughs> There's like seven out here. How does she know? <laughs> there, t- there are two cows missing today. <laughs> I'm just saying they're the oldest ones. A conspiracy theory. Possibly. <laughs> Do you know, so, That's where I get it from. I can't really
0: help it. It's it's how I grew up. Um, anyway. Want- oh, <laughs> things to keep an eye on. <laughs> Um, Like the cows across the street from my parents' house. Uh, Will's out Taurus. I mean, a lot of people have been keeping an eye on him for a long time now. Uh, And if they weren't before, they're definitely keeping an eye on him now going into next week.
1: Are you just skipping the days of the week right now?
0: Are we just... I totally forgot about that. Are we just outright skipping? I mean, I just started ranting about taking out people's kneecaps and then...
1: Well, yeah, but... Unless that's a day of the week that we, we have information to, to um, hand people here. I mean,
0: August 16th is National Airborne Day, so helicopters.
1: National Airborne Day? Yeah. Was it like a celebration of the...
0: Air Force, maybe? I don't know.
1: No, the, the, what, the, the, the two brothers from North Carolina that made a plane. The Wright brothers? You. Thank you. The Wright mm-hmm. brothers.
0: Um, It's also National Roller Coaster Day, which
1: is pretty sick because I love roller I love- coasters. Uh, yeah, um, a guy a guy I work with is actually actually like a roller coaster like junkie type of deal. I think, like, I think
0: you told me about him. He has like a YouTube channel.
1: He's got a YouTube channel. It's called Coaster John. Highly suggested. He spends a lot of time editing these things. They're actually pretty well put together. So if you if you listener are in to roller coasters, look up Coaster John, Coaster J A W N on YouTube and go check out his stuff. Jack's got pretty good stuff on there. Um it's also National Rum Day. Holla. And National Tell a Joke Day. Oh, yeah.
0: what day is this? This is uh, tomorrow, the sixteenth. So the day everybody's listening to this.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, give me give me your best uh, your best joke there, Rick. Hmm.
0: I might have to come back to that.
1: All right. Well, yeah. You know, so mine's not mine's not necessarily a joke, but more of like a funny that I thought about recently. So mm-hmm. the the Harry Potter novels. I'm rereading them. Right. right um i'm on book seven now and there's they're set between the years of 1991 to 1998 okay right i saw this thing on twitter and i feel like it's not an original joke but i feel like it's got to be repeated because i'm thinking about it and it makes a whole lot of sense now if they're teenagers to young 20 somethings in the in the 90s right there's Mm -hmm. there's definitely television right you're you're probably watching it when you're back home uh and not doing wizarding whatnots mm-hmm. how is nobody bringing up the chicago bulls how is no how has nobody said like how about those bulls all huh? right probably because they're from england i sure they're from england but that was like a national not national That was, that was like a worldwide thing what they were doing in chicago was it i mean it, it had six championships in a decade
0: i guess, I guess. I that's know. nuts bad nuts it just looked like so these are like those like sugar ones. They have like the sugar coating on them. And like it just looked like all sugar. Like that doesn't look like there's any nut in some of these.
1: <laughs> For those of you that weren't on pre-show before I hit recording, which was none of you, uh Rick is eating some um what are they? Buffalo peanuts? You yeah, said buffalo?
0: Buffalo peanuts. They're not even buffalo-y though. Like, are they just
1: hot. are they just more like sugary? Yeah,
0: they're just like sugar nuts. That's dumb. Yeah, it's like not even worth it. I mean, I'm still going to eat them, but...
1: Yeah, I get the flaming hot peanuts. Uh, yeah, we digress, though. Um, you got any more days of the week other than tomorrow? Or is tomorrow yeah, the day? Yeah, I mean, um, August 17th is National I Love
0: My Feet Day, so... That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. It is weird. Um, we'll kind of move off of that to um, Brian's favorite favorite place in the world. Uh, it's National Massachusetts Day. He loves it. Oh, fuck the entire state. Um, and then it August goes, 18th, oh. we have National Fajita Day. Love good oh, fajita. Good fajita. Oh. Uh, National Ice Cream Pie Day.
1: Always good. And uh, National Pinot Noir Day. Oh, now that's a, a day. Drink. I can get down with some Pinot. I don't like Pinot Grigio. That's my grandmother's favorite wine. But I can get down okay. some Pinot Noir. Um, and then look at this.
0: August 19th, we got National Aviation Day you can't you can't write this stuff up you can't make it up it's it's real
1: this
0: is this is just
1: raw and real i mean this is getting real uh weird you guys know i don't
0: look at this before we start i could not have possibly led us into that conversation about aviation knowing that august 19th was aviation day the man didn't even have it looked up
1: before recording he he, he just had to do it this is just good 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 podcasting you know Um, i mean this is journalism at its finest folks. and
0: and To kind of back up the great day that is National Aviation Day because of our previous conversation, it's also National Potato Day, which is the most versatile food that you can possibly have. And I love potatoes. Like, you talk, like, we talk in sports about overrated and underrated players. Right. Potatoes are probably the most correctly rated food ever. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Like, you don't know many, if any, people that don't like potatoes. Like, there's that lady that only eats cheesy potatoes because she's the pickiest eater in the world. Potatoes are the only thing she eats.
1: Not a coincidence. That That is not a coincidence at If you all. don't
0: like potatoes in any form, that's hash browns, baked potatoes, twice baked potatoes, my personal sweet, favorite. Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes do count. If you don't like any kind of potatoes and you're listening to this right now, please
1: reach out to us so that we can block you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know who probably doesn't like any we don't need that negativity in our life (laughs) you know who doesn't like any sort of potato and this is my assumption of the kind of character he is rob bolton yeah rob probably hates
0: potatoes because you guarantee that about things
1: just hates them Mm -hmm. he doesn't even he doesn't even put a flyer out on sweet potatoes because those people do exist the ones that are like i'm not big on potatoes but give me the sweet potatoes and I still respect it. That's a, that's a personal as thing. As far as
0: baked potatoes are concerned, I would rather have a baked sweet potato than a baked regular potato.
1: Which is fine. I'm more of a baked regular potato kind of guy. I just got, I don't really like sweet foods. Also the orange color really turns me off. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I don't how does that how does that color grow? I don't I don't get that. Like I know carrots and all that jazz, but how does that color fit in nature? Like how? Vitamin C. I get, mm, like Vitamin D. It's just a weird color to form in nature. And yeah, I know oranges and all that jazz too. Well, much. when you get scurvy, don't come crying to us orange eaters, okay? Well, I get scurvy, I'm coming on the park of the, pod- the podcast. Just, Argh! I got scurvy. <laughs> As I'm dying, because it's scurvy. Uh, but <laughs> scurvy. <laughs> it's scurvy.
0: Speaking of dying, dying,
1: Cam Smith's career. Dying. Cam Smith's career is going down the drain quickly uh we have lots of points to go over as far as the uh saint jude championship that was first point is sorry for last week where i got viciously confused google lied to me um because i thought it was still called the northern trust clearly they've renamed this tournament to the saint jude championship i thought it was a saint jude invitational because that's usually what you see attached to fedex saint jude however Sorry for the confusion, folks. It was just the one tournament, Uh, the St. Jude Championship, which was at TP Southwind, uh, TPC Southwind, not the Northern Trust. However, Tony Finau still showed up and showed out. Little T five for the man. Just wanted to call that out because we weren't far off the mark. Not too shabby. And you got to get excited when the boys aren't too far off the mark. However, the big thing to talk about here, the absolute massive thing, is. Shaboy Willie Z finally getting it done. We've been begging for this man to get a win for I don't know how long now, probably all season with how close he's come and pretty much every major he's played in. But shows up right here, right now, during the FedEx Cup playoffs, week one, getting a W, not just any W, but we've seen this happen to him before in playoffs. Yeah. He, he's lost it in playoffs before. He's lost it right before playoffs before, which almost happened again. But he finally makes a putt. He does it a seven footer on 18 to force it to the playoff. And the playoff is just absolute mayhem. Uh, let, I mean, let's just first of all talk about his putting stroke has always been talked bad on because a he's got the weird grip where he's got the straight arm. And also, he has this kind of weird inside-to-out swing. It's not a straight mm. putter stroke. It's almost like a like a half-arc type of deal, which everybody talks shit on. I mean, all these things. Um, the PGA Tour posted this picture on Instagram. It's got a bunch of tweets here. Somebody saying, can Zalatouris win with that putting stroke? Uh, never thought I'd hear Zalatouris putt and uh, never think I'd ever hear Zalatoris putt and clutch in the same sentence. Uh, Zalatoris will never win. He putts like a 20 handicapper. Boy, when I tell you when he made that seven-foot putt on 18 to force it to a playoff, and he turns to the crowd and he screams, what are they going to say now? Electric. You
0: Electric. You can't not be excited for the guy at that point.
1: Seriously. Like, how are you not happy for him? Because we've seen so much Will Zalatour's pain in the last calendar year, it's hard to even think of like him not being synonymous with near misses, like almost like Tony Fina in a way it's like, his name was synonymous was just there, Mm -hmm. but never enough. It's
0: always, it's always really nice to see two guys who are just getting hated on so much for everything that they do Mm -hmm. prove haters wrong because when you see it in a, like a fiery competitor, like we saw with will this weekend, you can tell, and they don't hold anything back. And it's so fun to see you see yeah. it all the time in sports when someone is like an underdog or like, just like not expected to do anything good. People are talking crap all the time. Like it's always fun to watch them prove the haters wrong. Cause they get jacked up about it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not only fun to see the emotion, but we've been talking about this since I think we've started this podcast is why don't we see more emotion from some guys? You know, we have all these really young golfers who are clearly competitive, clearly have that fire in them or that dog in them. As some would like Mm -hmm. to say, why, why is it just so seldom that we see this kind of fire? Like I want this all the time. I want people nailing putts. Like they just hit a three in game seven of the NBA championship, like doing the, doing the three fingers to the head, pump the knees, like LeBron, (laughs) give me some fire, man, because Not only was it a seven-foot putt, which I believe the rate of uh, makes on anything outside of uh, five feet for a PGA Tour professional drops by 30%. -hmm. So these are hard putts for everybody, folks. I know us amateurs, a seven-foot putt, (laughs) not making it. But um, (laughs) these putts are massive. On 18 to push it to a playoff to finally get the monkey off your back that you can't putt to win. He makes it, and he shows the fire and passion, which I think is great for the game of golf. Yeah, definitely. And especially with the – we'll we'll definitely get into it because of the whole lawsuit thing, but especially with the whole PGA versus Live Tour war right now, what the Live Tour is doing well is showing the fire and passion of golfers in a different light, where the PGA Tour always has kind of felt like this you know, suit and tie type of situation, very country club-esque. Yeah. Right? But now we got kids like this. We got kids like uh, Cam Smith uh, who are just showing fire all the time. And it's awesome to see. Even guys like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth at the Ryder Cup and even Rory have that fire in them, you know? And we're starting to finally see, and I think it's going to be really great for the game of golf. How about this, though? The guy that Wills Altores went into the playoff with, sep straka whose name we have not heard too often he does have that one uh, win this year uh he has four top tens this year this one included coming from 36th place in the fedex cup points to seventh or eighth to eighth place
0: what that's the funny part about these tournaments and it almost kind of just enforces our, our reasoning about how stupid the point system is and how mm-hmm. stupid, like, they do the FedEx Cup playoffs. Because the fact that Scotty Scheffler has one off week and a guy who was in, like, the lower part of the top 10 just hopped him by, like, a few hundred points for one win is yeah. insane. Like, there's no reason that that should be ha- Like, 2,000 points, that's that's the equivalent of four regular season wins. Like. Yeah. That's just way too many points. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy for Will. I think he deserves it because we he's been playing really well. And he's, he's been at the top of the leaderboard most weeks, but 2000 points is just an unreal amount of points. And there's no reason that someone should be getting that much just for one week.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes. Is it cool that he got this win because uh, eight top tens at the time before the end of this tournament was the most on tour without a win this season. Uh, it's huge to win right now, but you're right, Rick, like 2000 points for one win is astronomical. Like he jumped from 12th to first out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And Scotty had to like, Scotty had to work his butt off to do that. Like he did that over the course of like a month and a half. He got 2000 points, which we were like. Oh my God, that's insane. Like the fact that you're winning that many tournaments and getting that many FedEx Cup points within a month and a half stretch. And now Will Z just does it in one weekend. Right. Like it almost makes the rest of the regular season irrelevant. Because if you like, not that this is going to happen, but if for whatever reason someone were to just like barely make the FedEx Cup playoffs and then just show up for the first two events, you're basically guaranteed to be in first. Yep. If you get like a top five, in each of them and a one and a win in one of them, like you're basically guaranteed in the top 10 it's insane. And I don't really enjoy it that much because it doesn't reward playing well all season because yes. we see these, like these little bursts of like Scotty Scheffler, like, like just imagine if Scotty Scheffler hadn't done anything all year. And then he had that run that he had leading up to these two weeks. Like nobody has a chance at that point. Right. Now, thankfully it's a little bit more competitive at this point. Like, don't get me wrong, it would have been awesome to see Scotty do that going into the FedEx Cup playoffs and win the championship like that. Right. But <clears throat> it is also really nice to have that competition because it gives you a reason to tune in. And but just imagine if he did it at this point. Like it would almost be not that fun to watch because it'd be like, Okay, well, he just got two thousand more points. Okay, well, you just got two thousand more points. Now he's starting the championship at minus ten, and he's playing the best golf of anyone in the past since Tiger was in his prime kind of deal. Right. um so i think it is definitely way too many points if you want to go and like maybe like 750 like obviously give a little bit more because it is the playoffs but i don't know, 2000 is just so much like maybe hover around 750 800 just to kind of reward it but don't make it enough that you can hop from 12th to first in one tournament
1: yeah, I really think uh, I 100% agree with you. I think it needs to be more rewarded for playing well during the regular season. Because first of all, if you do that in the first place, you're not going to have, uh, for example, Cam Smiths, uh, who only played 17 events, and you're not going to have Roy McElroy's who only played 14 events. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a lot of these guys playing a lot more events um, because it matters. Now, I want to bounce this idea off you. I, I was actually thinking about this before we got on kind of reworking the playoffs in its entirety. So in most leagues, when it comes to the playoffs, right, Mm -hmm. it shrinks the teams who play usually by more than 50%. Right Here, 50% is a lot of fucking golfers. Okay. So doing the 50% thing for for golf kind of does not match the same vibes as like playoff football. You know what I'm saying? Playoff football, you make the playoffs, especially if you make it past the wild card and you're actually like in the playoffs in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It gets really intense because there's only a few teams, you know. So how about something like this? You only take the top 10. And you have you have the you have the rest of the league do some like invitationals or other tournaments so they can keep playing golf or whatever. Or you give them the time off for the for the three weeks that you do this. That could happen, Uh. too. Um, But so you take the top 10. And then you do it, kind of the same way you're doing it now, except there's no stroke help or anything. Everybody's clean slate when they go in. It's who can beat each other over a three-week period out of the top ten golfers this year in the FedEx Cup standings. Would you
0: do cumulative?
1: As do you far play as the
0: first week, and you get and you shoot ten under, do you start the next week at ten under? Um, and do like cumulative, or is it like? Because, then I think it would be tough as far as points and stuff go. Because I feel like that's not enough time. Yeah, I think someone, that's. Like, hey, I think that has two off weeks. You know what I mean? Right. Because like someone could have two off weeks and only shoot minus five while everybody else is shooting minus ten. But then they could go off the next week
1: and hop up somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the the, the point system I don't really have perfected yet, but um, I I want to say I wouldn't do cumulative. Um, I would do seeding based off of tournament. Okay. so like week one that's the seating mm-hmm. and then you know week two kind of the same bit i guess you would have to do cumulative right i feel like you would have to yeah so doing cumulative though i think still doesn't give that kind of gut punch of first place the last week getting 10 strokes you know
0: yeah exactly like if, if they if, earned if, it there at earned that it. point it's, it's all not dependent on yeah.
1: your personal yeah. play it's not dependent on how
0: you did leading up to that which don't get me wrong like we said you should be rewarded for playing good during the regular season but the fact that you get a 10-stroke lead over three week period is is or not three week period over like a one week period but like i don't know i just feel like it's over one week period is even crazier that you get a 10-stroke lead over a one week period but like, yeah if you, if a if a golfer has an amazing week on tour they're maybe shooting minus 8 in a round
1: yeah and that's like that's like be your best week and like the
0: person in first is obviously like i mean not obviously but like most likely not going to be shooting in the in the pluses like even if a person at minus 10 shoots minus two every day they end at minus 18 the last place person shoots minus 16 over the four days like why should they not be rewarded for doing significantly better than the person that was in first
1: exactly yeah so i'm thinking that that could be something that maybe the PGA tour would look into, but let's be totally realistic. The PGA tour is so stuck in its ways. I'm surprised they're even doing a FedEx cup standings thing. I'm I'm surprised that's even on their radar of something that they thought of to do. I don't know who came to them with it. It was a genius idea. I just, I do think we got to work out some of the kicks here. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Like the giving guys stroke uh, strokes. That makes no sense. It it makes no sense because you're giving the best player on the tour that season, technically speaking, Mm. 10 extra strokes. Yeah. For that'll why? For why?
0: They don't. If anything, it should be opposite.
1: You're just handing the in, person in 10,
0: 10 yeah. strokes and make the person in first catch up.
1: Yeah, now that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, well, I mean, last year we saw it, like Patrick Cantlay wins the BMW championship, rockets himself into first, boom, 10 strokes. Yeah. Like if anybody in the top 15 wins the BMW, you're guaranteed 10 strokes. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is wild.
1: That's nuts. Because all
0: year you played to the, to the top 15 golfer to be the top fifteenth golfer. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, you're the best.
1: Well, are you really? Are you? Like, for example, actually, this would be really cool. I'd like it if this guy did it. But Hideki Matsuyama, who was, uh. who was 15th right now, he wins BMW Championship, rockets himself into first. Yeah. Gets 10 extra strokes. However, do we really feel in our heart of hearts as golf fans who have watched all season that the two win six top 10 Hideki Matsuyama deserves to get those extra 10 strokes or does the four win nine top 10 Scotty Scheffler deserve to get those 10 strokes? You know, it, it, it it really comes down to feeling and that aspect. And Mm -hmm. I, I hate, how I feel about it, you know? Yeah. But is the PJ Torre gonna listen to what we say? Absolutely not. But, Why were they? But one more point about the Saint Jude that I want to talk to you about is in the playoff. Actually, we got Sepstraca, we got Will Zalatoris. That shot on the par three that Will Alatoris had that bounced on the rocks probably about five times and didn't fall in the water. Is Is he, maybe for just that one moment in time, the luckiest human being of all time?
0: I don't see any reason they shouldn't just go right to a par three for a playoff because that was the most exciting bit of a playoff that I've seen in a long time. Easy. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of okay watching them go for par fives and seeing like how they play and everything like that. But if we're going to make everything else on the PGA tour, a one time thing like if we're going to make it where Will Zalatoris can jump 11 spots into first after one win why are we not going to make it that you can lose a playoff in one shot by hitting right. it into the water on a par 3 right like what what's the difference there isn't any any difference and a par 3 is way more fun to watch because we get to see the bouncing around we get to see the decision making of will when he was deciding whether he wanted to hit the chip shot or if he wanted to go back to the drop area which by the way, still thinks BS because the hole before that Sep Straka got to drop right outside the water um and got like a perfect lie. Um, basically, yeah. Which is stupid. I don't understand that rule at all.
1: Um in most but, of the PGA rules I really
0: don't yeah. understand. but like it just it makes for such better golf, especially in a playoff scenario like that where it means so much because it wouldn't have meant as much for SEP to win that. Obviously, FedEx Cup points are huge and he got as many as he did anyway, but for will it put him in as good of a position as you can possibly be in being 12th going into that tournament. Yeah. And I think there was no other way I would like to have watched him get to that point
1: now. And I mean, like you said, it was so exciting to watch. I mean, literal hang off the seat mm-hmm. excitement on that shot. The only problem is, is you're going to have all these old head golfers being like a par three is not a true test of a golfer uh, in his entire bag. And it's just shut up, shut up, shut up. It's so fun. You got to be able to hit the shot. That's all you, have to, you have to hit the
0: shot. It doesn't matter about the rest of your bag. You can go through an entire round and not use three clubs in your bag. I mean, how is, most, that, how is that testing how good they are as a golfer with their whole bag?
1: A lot of PJ golfers don't use all the clubs in their bag in yeah, a round. Exactly there are a lot of times where a PGA golfer is never going to have to touch his, uh, his five or six iron or seven iron because he goes, yeah, tee shot, he shot eight iron in so well, you know, so
0: well, and so far. So there's no reason that you shouldn't just do a par three. Um, and the, the watching the decision-making process, I think just makes it a, a million times more interesting because as a casual viewer of, of the game, you're like, you're like deciding whether you want to hit it or not. Like, They said on the broadcast, they were like, every club member is going to try to hit this shot tomorrow after this tournament's over. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Because everybody on their couch is like, don't be a pussy, go for it. Like, no, I'm trying to win $2.7 million and get up into first in the FedEx Cup rankings. Obviously, he's going to be able to hit a better shot from the drop area than anybody watching that event is going to be able to do. So he's going to go back to the drop area and stick it to five feet and then win that way.
1: Um, where well, I mean
0: knows that they wouldn't be able to hit it over water. So they're like, I'm just going to hit it from here.
1: Right. I, I mean, when you look at that shot, right where it landed or ended up miraculously landing, not in water mm-hmm. from that area. a it's pocketed directly between rock and then the underside of the grass. Yeah. It is not even feasibly possible to get under that ball Because at least a quarter of the bottom of that ball is under rock. Mm -hmm. And then even if by some act of God, you get under that ball with the way that the grass was tall enough, it's just going to roll up the grass and bounce backwards. No matter how you hit that shot in any way that you hit that shot, it's winding up back in the water. So why not just go to the drop area? If If Seth hit a better shot from the drop area, like if he hit
0: it within like three feet from the drop area, I think Will tries that shot. But sure. The fact that Sep hit it to like twenty feet from the drop area, I think it was a good call on Will's part. Um to just hit it from the drop area. Otherwise, it does add a little bit of an interesting twist if Sep puts it within three feet, because then Will would have to hit it and he would have to go to the drop area, hit it, and you'd have one shot, just like Sep would have done. Um and it would have obviously made his decision-making a lot harder, but knowing mm. that he was that far away, it basically gave him two extra
1: strokes. Yeah. And, it, and that that's kind of the, the thinking that we wanted. Like, like, we're not like the super casual kind of golf. Like, we understand the players. We get what their kinds mm. of games are, so on and so forth. But, like, for guys like us, and I think a lot of the listeners here for the pod – uh, watching the thought process of a golfer and his caddy into talking about a shot, the shot like that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Cause what, oh, what yeah. would you do? You know, like what, what are we doing there? Obviously we're trying to be the hero. We don't care if we lose yeah, that. Ball. We're going to take the I'm shot. hitting the shot.
0: I'm not going to the drop area cause I got no shot of hitting it on the green. from the. Drop
1: yeah, area. Also from the drop area, I'm still hitting it in the water. So I might as so, well just hit it from there and maybe bet. be a hero. You know what I mean? And maybe be the coolest golfer of all time. Exactly. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, what an intense situation. And I'm glad you brought up that they should just go for par threes in, in, uh, in playoffs because that just, it's so cool, man. Yeah. It's so cool. It's just fun to watch. And uh, it's it's Last cool little cute. bit. Uh, last little bit on the St. Jude that I wanted to bring up to you. Cause you know, you're, you're a big Scotty guy and I'm a big cam guy. Uh, the Scotty walking through cams line was Did one of the funniest things on the time.
0: green. When he walked through there, he just slapped it right in front of him. He was like, we knew about it.
1: <laughs> Dude, it was so funny because you look at Cam's face and he's like, "What? What? What? What happened?" The funniest, what? the
0: funniest possible <laughs> development, and there's like a zero percent chance this happens at this point. But the funniest oh. possible development from that moment would be Cam Smith not going to live, and yes. Scotty just walked in his line for no reason. That would be amazing. Now he's definitely going to live because he just dropped out of the tournament this week with a for sure issue, um, which he did right after he just lost a tournament or he got, he didn't make the cut. He didn't make the cut. Um, So yeah, he's definitely going, but it'd be so funny if he didn't go and we had to see them deal with each other for the next few years. Oh yeah. He's so funny.
1: Like, I don't think it's a flat out rivalry. Like they were um, uh, according to this article here. One second. It says, um, let me find, let me find, let me find, let me find it. Where the hell is it? Oh, um, he said that, uh, it didn't, uh, really matter all that much, uh, because they were joking about it on, um, Saturday and stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't really think that either of them thought it was on purpose, um, it's just really funny. Um, they also apparently they almost staged another quote unquote incident on Friday. Cause they thought it would be funny. Um, so I'm hoping this is just like friendly back and forth. That it's not like a true rivalry because if they're going to keep doing like say he doesn't leave for live, which he's going to, but say he doesn't. Right. And this is the kind of like one, two punch. Like we don't get like the Phil and tiger always pissed at each other type of deal, but we get guys that just love to fuck with each other.
0: I think it would be awesome because one of the like big things about golf etiquette is don't walk in someone's line while they're putting And if these guys were just like, yeah, we're good enough that it doesn't matter if we walk in each other's lines. So we're just going to do it. And we think it's funny. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That would be great because golf Twitter is going to lose their mind over (laughs) something like that. They're going to be like, you can't walk in somebody's line. That's, that's a felony. It's like, no, it's not. Especially as an amateur golfer, is it really going to mess up your shot? No, you're going
1: to pull it away, okay? So don't worry about it. Dude, so it's just I really hope that stuff like this can continue where guys clearly just don't take themselves so seriously. Like, yes, they're competitors. Yes, they have that fire. I mean, we've seen Scotty and Cam win this year with some passion, which Mm -hmm. is great for the game. But also at the same time, if this stuff is just funny to everybody, that's so awesome. But mm-hmm. it's never going to be because of these old heads on Twitter who are just going to yeah. act like a uh, you know Cam Smith deserves to be sent back to Australia and uh, deported. So yeah. you, you're never going to get what you want out of out of all old golf community. It's just never going to happen. But that's why we're here to force the issue of golf getting younger. That's why we have podcasts like this, folks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but that's the kind of last thing I have about the St. Jude. I don't know if you have anything else to add there. Not really. Um, Well, with the St. Jude, you know, being arguably so far other than majors, the biggest tournament of the year, because it's the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs, right? This is like a flagship situation for the PGA Tour, right? Of course, as we talked about last week, and as is highlighted again, of course, Liv has to make sure that they're not forgotten about and that they're not going to live in the shadow of the PGA tour as last week, we already talked about it, but Phil Mickelson at all versus the PGA tour lawsuit was filed. Now the lawsuit is not certain. It's certainly not over, but we did have a decision on those three pros over on the live side who wanted to come back and play at TPC Southwind. If we recall the live tour, this Phil Mickelson at all situation kind of, bum rushed the PGA tour in a way by the week before the FedEx Cup playoffs, they were like, hey, we're suing you so these three guys can play. So you have to make that decision because it's part of the lawsuit. Yeah. So they had to get somebody to come in. They had to get a judge to make the ruling on whether Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford could rejoin the playoffs. Um, and it came down that it was a no. Um the who did the ruling Let's see, I got the judge's name is somewhere in here. Um, yeah, I guess the judge's name doesn't really matter all that much. But they did get a court-ordered judge to make the ruling. Apparently on the PGA Tour side, there was about 25 guys huddled around an iPad to uh, be there for the hearing and to hear what was said. Um, And a lot of these guys are really starting to take it personal. Here's a quote from Justin Thomas. Uh, it was personal to me from the beginning, but I just I would say it's just getting more and more in depth. It's kind of like I said from the start, those guys were given the opportunity to go play. So just go play. You can have your cake, but don't get to But don't get to eat it, too. And they get their fair share of a large, large amount of cake and go eat it all by uh, by all means. You don't need to bring it onto our tour. Um, Roy McIlroy or Wills Al Torres said having 25 guys all around an iPad on Tuesday shows how much we all care and how much we love this tour. I mean, this really goes to show a lot of these guys on the PGA tour, you know, they didn't have a problem necessarily with guys going over, but now guys trying to play in both tours and play both yeah. ponies and have two slices of cake. Basically it's starting to piss them off. Yeah. Which is understandable because the guys that are, that are competing
0: at the high level is the PGA tour. They're like, if you want to play with us, that's fine. But if you want to go make your money, beat us. Don't go take the easy way to making your money and then come back so we can just beat you again. And you can still say you're on the PGA tour. That's the problem is guys like Scotty, guys like Rory, who are making all this money on sponsorships, whatever. They're like, like they don't care if you go over there for the money. One, say it's for the money. No one's done that yet. I don't know how no one's done that yet. Just say it's for the money. Well, And then and did, they I'll try to come to back it. and yeah. still be a part of the PGA Tour because the PGA Tour at the moment is still the pinnacle of golf. Like, that's where everybody wants to be at, whether it's, whether it's the guys that are leaving to go to live or whatever. Like, you can't tell me the guys that are leaving to go to live actually want to be there as opposed to the PGA Tour. They just got writ- written a big fat check. And that's why they're going over there. It's not that they want to be over there more than they want to be on the PGA tour. They just want to make money. Right. The PGA tour offered the same amount of money. They'd probably be on the PGA tour still this and the, the live wouldn't exist. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. So the guys that are winning and playing really good golf are like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead make your money, but don't come crying to us when you're not going to have a legacy. Right. Cause that's, that's pretty much what the PGA tour is at this point is, is writing your legacy and, they're already probably mad enough that they can come back and play in majors. Cause they're not PGA tour sanctioned, um, And now trying to get the FedEx cup is just like, okay, this is just a little much at this point.
1: Because could you imagine a guy coming from the live tour, clearly leaving the PGA tour for money being like this m- money in this situation matters a bit more to me than my legacy. And that's fine. I will not judge anybody for that, but imagine a guy coming over playing in the FedEx cup playoffs and winning. Yeah. So not only do you have a guaranteed contract overseas, but you just won $15 million Yeah, from a tour that you opted to leave. Yeah. No reason for it. That's at yeah, that's absolutely a no go. Now would uh, any of those three Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, or Matt Jones win? No, no, no they wouldn't. But um, it, it just comes down to, a, it comes down to eventually a point of principle. Yeah. Honestly, we all understand all the guys that went over, care a little bit more about money. Like I said, no judgment here. Money is money I totally get it you don't have however to say it, we get it <laughs> yeah however, the guys that stayed on the PGA tour care about their legacy in the golf world they care about what their impact on golf is going to be down the road when they're long they're long dead and gone. What was your impact on golf right? Mm-hmm. that's what they care about. you can't care about both and try to do both tours yeah. you, eventually you have to put your stake in the ground as to what you believe in and unfortunately right now Cam Smith looks like he's one of those guys. That doesn't really care about his legacy uh, on the PGA Tour. So, mm. after missing the cut this week at the St. Jude, Cam Smith is opting out of playing the, P- uh, the BMW Championship due to a hip injury. However, this is very important because he's giving up the opportunity to score points at the BMW Championship. Right, right. now, he currently sits in third place in the FedEx Cup standings. He's giving all that up. Now, whether it is he his hip is actually injured or if he's planning to go overseas, we don't know yet. But a lot of chatter is that he's going overseas to the live tour. Yeah. That's which is right now. Which to me, the Cam Smith one doesn't make much sense. But we've talked about it before because a couple weeks ago there was already rumors that he was heading over there. Uh, that would be a massive blow to the PGA Tour. Do not get me wrong. But if you're Cam Smith, don't you believe in yourself enough to be able to make money on the PGA Tour with what you've pulled off this year? Yeah, I mean,
0: as far as like what you've done, even just this year, the the article that or the the article and uh, news post that came out about it says it was a lingering hip injury. I don't know about you, but I haven't heard anything about a hip injury. Not a single thing all season. Haven't Not. heard anything. So I find it hard to believe that it is actually a lingering hip injury, which. I think everybody's on the same page about that one. It's probably not a lingering hip injury. It's just his reason to be out of this week and then still be able to play next week. Yep. He just wants to be able to finish out the Cup playoffs for this last year because he knows he probably won't be allowed back next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I guess we, we still have to see how this yeah. lawsuit goes. However, yeah, but the in the in rules. the case that he
0: might not be allowed back next year, I think he just wants to be able to play next week. And If he if he were to play not play for another reason, I think there would be too much speculation for him to be like, okay, I can definitely come back and not have any issues.
1: Yeah, for sure. It it just it wouldn't be possible at that point to to not have that happen. There's just so much chatter going on about it, you know. And when they're usually in golf media, from what we found, when there's smoke, there's fire. In a lot of in a lot of other sports, there's that's not always the case. There there are just some things that get out out of nowhere. But for but some usually, reason, people that report golf besides Rob Bolton just really good at their jobs.
0: They and just seem to get it right. Depending on whenever it's it's usually just the timeline whether you know, they have the timeline right or not.
1: Yeah, and, and right now timeline isn't really what matters. It's a when it happens, it happens type of deal. Yeah, Uh, it it, it is crazy to me you know now that i'm actually thinking about it how when it comes to golf media a lot of the times if something is being talked about it usually happens yeah which kudos to guys in or girls in golf media good on you yeah really well done um all righty do i have any other news no, nothing uh nothing pressing right now. Obviously, we're going to be looking forward to the BMW Championship, arguably recognized favorite favorite uh, championship there is because well, we won last year and it was awesome. Uh what is what was your favorite memory from the BMW Championship last year? Um
0: I I very much enjoyed following Brooks Capela last year. Yeah, I thought it was a really good time just like picking a dude and following him and just like seeing the course while you're watching this guy play every once in a while, getting to see other people fly by. Um, that was a good time. And then, I mean, sitting on 18 was just awesome watching everything that was going on there. Um, watching people finish up watching Kentland and everything. Um, it was, it was, I, I liked it all. I thought it was all awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, being in the grandstands on 18 yeah. was something that I never knew I would experience in my life, but it was, surreal. You see Phil walking up before everybody hated him. You see X walk up after he just won USA gold and everybody starting the USA chance and all that stuff. And it was just so cool to also see guys like Harry Higgs or Shane Lowry or uh, we saw Tony Finau too. Just being able to sit on that tee box and that green and watch them go about golfing in obviously a much better way than we can do was so cool it's just one of those experiences that i never thought i would get until thankfully we were able to go so that was cool that was a really cool time for us but unfortunately we do not have any power rankings as we are recording a bit earlier in the evening than we usually do cam usually, smith Rob, to the moon blast it cam smith <laughs> to the moon. uh so i do have the odds here and I'll, I'll do the top five for the odds, and I'm actually a bit interested as to who the top three are in comparison to who's four and five. So I'm going to give it to you. Now, remember, this isn't power rankings. These are odds. So okay. you take with that as you will. We'll go through the top five in no specific order, and I'll let you guess it out here. So first, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Will Zalatoris, and Rory McIlroy. I feel like Cantley's got
0: to be the odds on favorite for winning last year.
1: See, surprisingly, he is not. No? No.
0: Oh. Huh. Odds on favorite. Then I guess I would go with either Rom or Scheffler.
1: Close. Neither, Neither. of them either? Neither of them.
0: Who are the last two?
1: Zalatoris and McElroy.
0: They wouldn't put Zalatoris again, would they? No, they would not. Okay, it's McElroy.
1: Yeah, so Roy McIlroy right now favored, which is fascinating. It is me. interesting. I wouldn't have picked that, and this—it's not—it's just not what I would have thought of for the Vegas odds. But maybe yeah. they know things we don't. Um, all righty, well, give me uh, two to five. Can't only really two? No, it's, he won last year. People, come on. I—I I know. Is it, it Scheffler? Just because he's no Scotty? Is it Rom? It is okay. and now this one is where I'm like, that makes no sense. The next one? No, there's a John Rom. that makes no sense. Oh, me. yeah, uh, that I do not understand that at all. He's he's been almost obsolete all year. Yeah, we're
0: just forgetting about the fact that he hasn't done anything this year. Um, ugh. is Scotty three? Nope, it's Not will, is it? No, okay. I'm really bad at this game today.
1: <laughs> Patrick Kaley number three. I'm so
0: bad at this game. And then I, mean, I guess Scotty will is that four or five, or no, did I just have that backwards too? That's backwards. I just, I'm just gonna, I'm done. That's it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's Will Scotty. So Scotty Scheffler, number five, at plus 1400. Take it, pound um, it, pound tied, it, tied Tied with Will Zalatoris at 1400. Smash it, smash it. absolutely smash the Scotty 1400 smash it yeah, absolutely blasted he got cut last week he's not he's not doing that again Dude, he's got the devil behind his eyes he's just gonna ruin a golf course uh number three and number two also tied at plus 1200 with patrick k lane john Rahm, and in first place plus 1000 Roy McElroy for reasons again do not understand i don't know about a thousand yeah, it's just I don't really uh, get that one. But, you know, I guess we're not odds makers. So this is uh, not our job, par se. Uh, but hopefully we did our job fantastically tonight. And we gave you a good podcast. Uh, Rick, unless you have any other golf news, that is going to do it.
0: That's all I got.
1: All righty. As always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. The fact that you guys take in our content and enjoy it so much, uh, it means a lot to us because, you know, this stuff, is we just do it. Because it's fun to us, so the fact that it's fun to you guys too is awesome. As always, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at from the tips underscore pod. Go ahead and follow our Twitter too at ftt underscore pod. Follow the damn Twitter, folks. We're yeah, trying no to make way. it big on the Twitter. Uh, and like I said, thank you so much for listening. And we
0: thanks, guys. See you later.